Welcome to Idea Factory Giveaway, a guest-guided mapping expedition to the borders of human creativity. I'm John, and this is all my fault. I'm Besha, and that voice is 100% my fault. <laughs> it was a good one, though. Thanks. I, I, what, what, is the, what was the mental image you had? Uh, Rod Serling. Definitely. <laughs> Outstanding. I still need to. You know what I'm going to do the next time I play Skyrim? I'm just going to start noting down characters who need better voices, and then I'm just going to do that for the podcast. I love it. That sounds great. (laughs) How's it going, John? Uh, it goes well. I um, Quentin caught a cold from somewhere. I don't know exactly, like I have no idea where from. And uh, I have been taking care of him, and I am wondering if if I'm going to fall victim to it, or oh, yeah, if you somehow... <laughs> <laughs> Is it just going to happen? I mean, I you know, we're on day two or three of this cold, and... You know, thus far I feel fine, but I have I've had that arrogance before. So um, we're going to see what happens. Uh, fortunately, I have um, plenty of chicken-based foods in the freezer, so I'll be I'll, I'm set as far as the magic, the healing power of chicken. When you say chicken-based foods, are you talking chicken noodle soup, or are you talking more like you know taquitos from Costco? A, a chicken cauliflower risotto that I made a fresh batch mm. of yesterday, and actually, I believe two doses of chicken noodle soup. But I was just envisioning those taquitos. I... Like, I don't think the healing power of chicken is strong enough. <laughs> Who knows? It could be. It could be. What's new with you, Besha? Oh, you know, not much. We were talking about podcasts recently, and you know where I do... I am starting to see the utility of them, is that I have started sewing. And unlike work, I can tolerate new sounds while I'm sewing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like if I, I, I honestly, on my most stressed days at work, I can only listen to uh, LCD Sound Systems Farewell album because oh. I know it by heart. And it's also like three and a half hours long. Um, <laughs> and it's like, it's got a good beat and I can, I can get into what I'm doing, but like, I can't tolerate listening to people talk. I just, it's just mm-hmm. too distracting. Um, but yeah. it works with sewing partly because if I don't, I sit there and think about everyone who's wronged me and I stew. <laughs> And then I'm like, fuck these fucking sleeves. Oh, this is the fault of my fourth grade teacher. (laughs) This is a slight exaggeration, but uh, I definitely find myself thinking too much while doing it. Incredible. Yeah. So podcasts might save me from committing crimes. Oh, speaking of crimes, um, <laughs> we, you know what? It's I think it's time that we brought our guest back for his second episode. Yeah. Um, because I believe that we, he has a theme for this one that we may want to get into. Uh, ben Ward is back. Ben. Hi. How are you? Doing, I'm doing very well. Um, <laughs> would you like me to pretend that it's been a long time since we last spoke? <laughs> I don't think you have to. <laughs> Do we do we need to start this thing over because I've ruined the magic? <laughs> no. no. Wonderful. Um, <laughs> hi, it is very nice to be back. It is so good to have you once again. Do, 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 do. 
Oh, and you know what? I should introduce the show because oh, yeah. we're about to get into it, uh, which is, here's what's going on if this is your first episode. I've got a decade's worth of unedited ideas piled up in a single spreadsheet, and now uh, my friends get to poke around in it because there might be something good in there. If you hear one and you agree it's good, take it and run. I just want credit. And I want a cut. And Ben ran wild through the vault and I believe has picked a bunch, maybe not all, but probably a bunch of ideas that for this episode may turn out to share a common theme. Is that maybe, are we correct in this assumption? I Actually, I, I think what we've got left is uh, it's, it's going to be a pretty good mix. Oh, excellent. Um, there's, um, there's the, op- here, let's put it this way, there's the opportunity for continuity. <laughs> At least part of the time. But I don't know that we're under any obligation to do that. Indeed, indeed not. Let's just take them as they come. Let's give mm. us fire away. All right. So, do, oh, do you want me to introduce myself again, by the way? Oh, uh, yes, absolutely. Okay, sure. yeah. Tell us who you are. Yes. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> my name is Ben Ward. I am a, I am a friend of uh, John's here in the city. Um, I have lived in San Francisco some 10 years. I do a radio show once a week on the wonderful community radio station BFF.FM. The website is in the name, is in the website. And um, uh, which John was a guest on uh, some number of weeks ago. Hell yeah, it was great. I highly recommend you checking that out. Um, and yes, otherwise I exist here in the city as a as a foreigner. <laughs> Um, An extremely not, dignified foreign. Yeah, not the most, not the most foreign. Uh, certainly, every time I go home, I'm called out for my softening consonants. <laughs> Delightful. Where were we? Yes. Oh, yes. The first idea in this giving giving away ideas from the factory. I believe is yes. is where is where we are and why we are here. Yes. All right. Here's a. That's. That's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take these in the order that they are written. Um, Incredible. Because that way I will keep track slightly better of what we've talked about. Uh, this is. Uh, this is. This is hopefully quite an entertaining little non sequitur. Non sequitur to to begin with. You have proposed, John, what I assume would be a campaign of meme explanation commercials. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't it seem like a good idea? I mean, I had an experience recently of not understanding a meme. Mm-hmm. And as a 35-year-old man, I feel I've done pretty well holding on and and keeping up. Like, I might not always know what they're from. Certainly anime memes, generally. I suppose mm-hmm. that's a bit alien to me, because I'm not. it's not a medium that I'm so close to. But I, I finally had the experience of a, a four-part comic in which something is stated by one participant, the other participant looks deeply frustrated and then proceeds to make a gesture with their hands along with a little red up arrow. Hmm. And it had to be explained to me that this entire meme was modelled on begrudging upvote on Reddit. Wow. (laughs) And there's a... There's a lot going on there. I'm not an active redditor, which Neither obviously put me at a disadvantage. But yeah. it's it's it, the the mere the concept of you've said a thing that I hate, but is so brilliant that I must vote it up. The mere fact that that is an interaction to be 
codified in comic form that it is a regular interaction that people within that community have that it can be parodied and that it can then grow into a uh, reusable meme for things outside of that space i i it was it was my it was my first real experience of something that i'm close enough to in terms of internet culture that i pr- that i feel like i 5 years ago i would have got it and now Indeed. even even the things close to me are leaving me behind which memes do you feel the need to explain that's the thing surely by the time i said something by the time this episode comes out it might be out of date i just think that there should be a uh, a genre going forward um of commercials that simply explain the ones that are happening now and i think that it would be useful who would they be targeted i mean would they be targeted at you know people like me who you know should understand them but you know starting to get a little behind or is this something which is targeted at you know our parents in a sort of know what you're to reference a meme understand how your kids are communicating uh kind of translation sort of way I think maybe there would be two levels, you know, and they would be aimed at two entirely different audiences, and we would just have to see how they did. Mm. Ah, so so yeah, so there would just be different different versions of the campaign during. You see, I was about to say during different hours of the day because my assumption was that these commercials would be on television, but that's somewhat <laughs> self-selecting in terms of the audience you're going to get. That's probably if if they're watching network television that's probably an audience who you could explain memes to a lot more readily yes interesting uh, which which particular i mean is there a, is there a particular what are, what are your top three memes to explain god i don't even know that's the thing like i i feel like that changes so constantly that I, it would be foolish to even try to to list them now because it would surely be out of date by the time this episode came out new ones new i mean i'm still on tumblr and they they keep inventing new ones that is, that is, that is the problem with the youngs. But so, so uh, let's take. Part of me thinks that there's there's, a, there's an obvious opportunity to partner with sort of know your meme here and say, how would you yeah. like, how would you like to make a you know sponsor a you know provide the content for for a series of of background commercials. Part of me also thinks there's a certain delight in shunning the primary source of canonical information on memes <laughs> and trying to explain them um, without using that as a reference. Oh god, that that leads obviously to a whole spin-off of people who don't understand the memes trying to explain them based on right. having just been presented with them. Right. Um, that oh. would be like you just you know you oh, you you just you sit down with your mother or father and you show them distracted boyfriend and right. you ask them just to talk through what's going on there. Exactly. So I had an idea of my own. Mm. Maybe mm. I should save that for the end, but it was related to this. I I'm curious to know what it is and I think you should save it. All right, I will. Excellent. Anticipation. Let's let us move to the next one. All right. The idea in the category booze hmm. is new cocktail. There are some notes. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> it's, the notes simply say, well, the notes are borderline a recipe. Grapefruit, mint, parentheses, leaves, question mark, <laughs> clothes, parentheses, and rum. Oh, is that a thing? Well, I mean, rum and mint is effectively a mojito. Okay. Into which you have added grapefruit, which is intriguing. That yeah. That should be quite a nice a sort of mojito greyhound. Yeah. Ah. 
I am slightly intrigued by leaves. <laughs> yeah, because I'm sort of wondering what form of mint you would put in a cocktail if it was it's not, not in leaf form. The leaves. I, I like I sort of the, I like the idea of the sort of um, straight from the supermarket herb aisle, just the sort of dried uh, flakes of mint, and just sort of <laughs> sh- just shaking that through the sprinkle hole over the top of it um, <laughs> at the end. But but doing that in the setting of a high class bar where you're charging twenty dollars <laughs> for the cocktail, yeah, um, it, it, as as you take their money. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I surely couldn't have been thinking of like a mint liqueur because that, even for me, that would be gross. Mm. Uh, right? Okay, yes, yeah, mint. Well, uh, yeah, okay, creme de mint. That's that's legit. That's an alternative way of getting mint in there. That makes sense. But but you couldn't pair that with grapefruit and survive. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't want the creaminess of it. But a mint right? simple well, syrup with. Grapefruit and rum, I could see working. Yeah, oh. Syri- yes, yeah, syrup infusions are wonderful. Fascinating. Um, so I should, I should, I should, I should probably start, you know, one of the reasons why I picked this one out is because I love cocktails and I love cocktailing very much. So I'm kind of like, ooh, what are what are your ideas? But also, I figured it is just a you know nice segue for us to talk at great length about cocktails because they're delicious. They um, are. I uh, so uh, so is 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 rum your favourite base? Is that is that what's behind? No, I just must have been somewhere out drinking at a party and then thought like maybe that would be good and sort of stored it for later. Although I, I apparently never revisited it because that's new to me. Um, mm. What an idea! I'm curious. I bet it would taste good. So. Having discussed it now, are you are you feeling inspired to go and attempt to make this? I would if I were a you know if I were <laughs> my body reacts differently to alcohol now. Where it's sort of like if I'm going to drink, I either need to have no drinks or all the drinks. If I have just like a couple, my my body just feels crappy, um, mm. and I wake up the next day and I I can tell you know. Um, mm. It's so you know like I I need to I need to make it worth it or just just have ginger ale. Which is a shame, but uh, a a circumstance to which I am becoming accustomed. Interesting. I kind of wonder with this uh, this grapefruit mint thing. I wonder if you were to, especially with the grapefruit. Grapefruits always just make me think of breakfast. Mm. Um, and so, obviously, you know, you know, a regular mojito. It's a it's a sunny afternoon kind of drink. Mm-hmm. Ideally, with dark rum. This is a, here's a, here's the thing. I, I I can't do white rum, but if you were to if you were to top it with soda, mm-hmm. then you could you could maybe end up with a quite nice sort of breakfast, kind of like a sort of something in that vaguely Bellini sort of space. I just think that could that could be a way to try it. That I that sounds like a yeah. Hmm. It would take the edge you know, off it as well. It would be if you're worried about uh, the sort of all the drinks, not enough drinks thing. Yeah, a uh, little sort of slight highball effect on it could be uh, could be the fix something to test I I would be curious to find out if a listener gives this recipe a shot and then lets us know yeah mm. yes I unfortunately well I don't have any grapefruit or fresh mint I, I tried I, I tried to start a new herb garden in my kitchen recently and um, I started I potted up the some of those alive herbs that you find in the supermarket and spoiler alert dear listener they are not alive anymore <laughs> they are now dried herbs in soil uh-huh. um, so you know 
I consistently important. have this problem, even with the ones that say they're so easy to grow. No, they're not. Yeah, no, they're not. I think they. I think they're. It's it's a it's a business based on the idea of actually the amount of the amount of mint that you have on that thing is not enough for you to, for it to need to grow before you're supposed to have used it all, mm-hmm. especially if you're making this drink. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, uh, so let's embrace some chronology. Um, yes. in, a, in a way that will probably lead to a conversation about uh, the opposite of that. John, when you are choosing to consume all of the drinks, uh, perhaps a infinite number of drinks, the logical place to do that would surely be a TARDIS bar. <laughs> Which I will, just to clarify, mm-hmm. you have tag, you have categorised as business. Yes, yes. Uh, why is there not at least one bar, uh, presumably somewhere on British soil, but there's a lot of Doctor Who fans in the U.S. I feel like they should just license one place to be literally like a TARDIS bar. Like the out. Sorry, I could swear this exists. Really? I thought so. Go on, go on. I will do my research. Well, yeah, um, you know, it, it's, it's a bar where sort of like, you know, in order to get in, you have to, like, you know, the entrance of it is that blue police box thing. And, you know, like you you go in through that door and then, um, yeah, it, the the interior of the bar. I mean, like the main part, right, is like, you know, the the there's a there's a sort of circular bar in the center of the of the space with that sort of TARDIS control column in the middle ah, of so it. So like, like um, sort of the console, the, the TARDIS console. Yeah, not to yes. not not to school you on the terminology, uh, but uh, <laughs> the console is the bar yeah. with the yes. with the heart of the TARDIS at the centre. Yes, okay. except that you know instead of a bunch of arcane machinery, it's bottles of booze, um, you know, tastefully backlit, and uh, you know, and there's like tables and stuff around the periphery, and you just get to hang out in some version of the TARDIS and have drinks, presumably with your fellow Doctor Who nerds, uh, and have a grand old time. So there is the TARDIS room in Portland, oddly enough, but it is just Doctor Who themed. Mm. No, like, custom constructed circular no, bar. With the, you know, there's a police yeah. box. Oh, and there's one in Brooklyn. The way station a, bar. I went to a wedding in Brighton once and we went to a pub after for the for the reception because that's what you do uh, and they did have a they did have a tardis-esque police box in their beer garden that you could oh. pose in. that was quite good and also we were all dressed in yeah you know, we were all dressed up quite nice so we did look sort of david tennant era doctor-esque uh, in a number of ways which is quite delightful so i have i have a number of, I, i'm interested you're, so, you're, so you sort of imagine it sort of as being sort of like the the single model tardis obviously a number of them in in recent iterations have been quite steampunky in their inspiration which mm-hmm. you know there are a lot of steampunky kind of bars uh but for you uh which if, if you're doing it that way which which tardis would it be a sort of super metallic, futury TARDIS like they had in the sixties? Would it be that kind of steampunk TARDIS? Would it be more organic? The, Which is your favorite TARDIS? The, the part that I have to confess here is that um, I only know the newer iterations, so starting from the Eccleston run, mm-hmm. and I don't quite remember which one corresponds to which Doctor. But, but I would say probably any one of them. Yeah, because they're 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 all similar, right? So I, I I would say anyone starting from nine onward. Okay, let's let's just see it. 
know, I just well, don't there's, want there's, there's to a, that's, 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 that's okay. It's, I, I, I think, it, I mean, I, you know, I watched a little bit of Doctor Who when I was, uh, you know, a young child because it was on, you know, it was on BBC TV around tea time quite often. Um, and obviously, you know, the, I mean, you know, the big worry about going into a bar that looked like that is you'd be a bit concerned that it might collapse on you at any moment and that <laughs> the whole thing was maybe made out of cardboard. But, um, the, uh, the, 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 from the modern, from modern Who, to distinguish uh, the one I'd call out because the like Eccleston and Tennant and Matt Smith their tardi uh, were <laughs> they they all kind of like follow oh as mm, oh no sorry not Smith um, Eccleston and Tennant their 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 tardis was quite sort of quite organic mm-hmm. had a sort of certain gothic sort of tone to it Matt Smith's tardis went very clean and metallic which was kind of clearly a bit of a tribute back to the sort of 1960s TARDIS sets mm. that were mm. much simpler. So would you, so you, yeah, so you, you, you could go either way and they're like, the other thing when I read this, which, which I, which I wondered about is because the whole deal with the TARDIS is that it's you know bigger on the inside. Um, it seems like part of the opportunity and also an opportunity to utterly blend themes would be the idea that this is the sort of bar where you enter through an initially very small space but actually it sort of extends into many many different little rooms of different styles oh yeah um, oh yeah no, bars within great. bars yes um, and if you could if you had it if you had that kind of so it's sort of kind of like you kind of like that sensation you get when you go to a nightclub uh, which is i'm just going to say that as if that's a thing i still do um <laughs> but you know you sort of you have that initial experience if you go in you go through coat check and everything's very sort of cramped and you sort of have the initial kind of you know the ticket booth area and then eventually you step into a space where it opens out oh yeah and you've got the initial bar and then you'll have the separate rooms with different people playing and so on uh, and all these different spaces open up like there is a sort of uh, especially when you've been drinking your sense of space and time begins to wane and so the 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 opportunity there i think is quite elaborate tell me about barbecue camp (laughs) is there anything in the notes for that (laughs) no um it is categorized as party and it is tagged Party, comma, food. To be clear, so uh, the way this is written, it is written barbecue camp, one word. So I'm wondering, is this a sort of bar camp, food camp style <laughs> thing, but with barbecue? Oh, that's possible. An unconference, but with smoked meats? That seems <laughs> highly possible, actually. Y- you know what? Let's go with that. <laughs> that I mean, that's it sounds a- weird. Were you? Uh, were you? Did you? This is this is about ten years ago here in the city. Did you attend Bacon Camp? That must have been it, because I definitely oh, yeah. there was that. There was also Cupcake Camp. There was Cupcake Camp. Yes, I made I, um, made, I made the playlist for Cupcake Camp. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. That's absolutely what it is. It's a party. Yes. Okay. That's God, God. This this list. There's. I mean, I started keeping ideas in a notebook in round at around 2007. So we're looking at about a dozen years worth of chronology here. So yeah, this this is a party where yeah, you rent out a built like you know a, a large event space, and everybody just brings barbecue, and you just get to sample. It, it's. Yeah, right? Because that was pretty much it. Everybody just brought cupcakes to Cupcake Camp. Yeah. So, I mean, and so Cupcake Camp and Bacon Camp both were 
you know enjoyable events like got a lot of people together cupcake camp was superior because there was much more variety um, yes because there are different things you can put on cupcakes i will say again this was very early in my time after i moved here and of of, of the many culture shocks uh, that, that we've mentioned uh, one of them is the sheer quantity of frosting that you people put on cupcakes oh god i'm i'm no, I'm, 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 I'm willing i'm willing to accept the the sort of flat layer of cake icing that british people put on cupcakes is not enough no I'm but with you, the the sort of ever the, the, ever, the everestian mountain spiral that yeah, um no. I, I, I did once see uh, someone demonstrate that the correct way to eat an American cupcake is to remove the ba- is to tear the base in half and put half the frosting on the base so that you now have two cupcakes <laughs> with a slightly more balanced amount of frosting. Hideous. Um, so as not to have one mouthful of pure sugar and the rest of them being dry cake. Anyway, what I, I what I do is I, I take the wrapper off and then I use yes. the wrapper to remove ninety percent of the frosting mountain and throw it in the garbage, and then um, I tear the bottom off the base of the cupcake and put it on top to make a sort of sandwich, and mm. uh, that's how I eat my cupcakes and I highly recommend it. That's that's viable. Sort of yeah, sort of like a extra sweet Oreo. Um, the <laughs> So cupcake camp, cupcake camp was going to be good, but you definitely you definitely had a sugar headache by the end of it. Um, yes, bacon camp. Which do you did you ever read the thing where it turned out that bacon craze was absolutely funded by the bacon industry? I would believe that. 100%. This was this was like this is like it was like the Russian election interference of our time. <laughs> we just we just thought bacon was a meme, and it turned out it was just some people trying to sell us pigs. Go figure. And, um, <laughs> And uh, but so the bacon camp occurred. Um, I think it took place actually in the organic building, uh, Third and Bryant, which was also it was actually in the Yahoo Brickhouse office where I worked at the time when I first moved here. But um, yeah, people brought their bacon-based snacks, and there was there was one part of it where there was a there was a contest. There was a there was a there was a competition to enter the best bacon created dish or snack or possibly sometimes just pure bacon if you'd cured it yourself and they had a selection of judges yes one of which one of whom uh, was a very good friend of mine cal henderson who certainly at the time was just living the life of like i eat a lot of bacon um Mm -hmm. he was absolutely willing to just you know love love his food and i just the, th- the the thing I remember about that event was watching this man who would really eat anything you put in front of him for the for the thrill of it, mm-hmm. just get slower and slower, and just visibly unhappy <laughs> as bacon dish after bacon dish was forced upon him <laughs> and you just looked across you know this this whole concept of like bacon it's cool it's a meme we don't really call them memes yet even but it, it is we'll realize it later and just seeing pe- it was really this this visible demonstration of people's spirits being broken <laughs> with something that they love mm. Yeah, I, I think for I think barbecue camp would omit the panel judging portion mm-hmm. and just be a place where everybody could bring their favorite barbecue concoction, just share. I think and barbecue has a lot more variety that I think you could make this work. Yeah, you could have Some it, especially would bring you, sides. Yes, what you, what you need to do there is you need to include a dedicated sides contest because otherwise, yeah. ever, otherwise, basically, I'll you know sous vide a pork shoulder for four days and. 
everyone will do that and they'll show up or you know people with gardens will ostensibly barbecue for real but some of us live in apartments and the closest thing we have to a patio is a fire escape but uh but yeah you you need to have you need to have a dedicated contest for for sides to ensure that they're maybe you even need to offer like a better prize for the sides than for the meat you know, I mean, depending on on how many people you like, if there's if there's an overabundance of meat, then you simply gather it all and uh, you find the nearest enclave of ketogenic people, and you you know you drop it off at the entrance to their cave, and <laughs> they give thanks to their god, and all is well. <laughs> we're we're doing a service really for various different communities. <laughs> it is yes, it, I mean it's like it's like any large meal where just you're, you're I mean at least at least with barbecue meat it's like you can just put it in sandwiches forever. That is um, also true. Which you know you don't and you don't even have to put mayo on those sandwiches. <laughs> I do love a it's, good callback. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm really intending to get a few in. All right, <laughs> I would attend a barbecue camp for what it's worth. Um, Hell yes, as would I. I God, I'm, I'm flabbergasted even reading these words to say them out loud. <laughs> oh no, John, w- what the hell is a rotary belk buckle, buckle with settings? Uh, I not just a rotary belt buckle, belt buckle uh-huh. with uh-huh. settings, but it has settings. I have. No idea. What would the settings uh, be? What would you need to would, set your belt you, buckle to, John? Are you? I, I mean, is this a sort of utility belt kind of thing? But why rotary? Uh, so, so you can attach it to different belts? Because that exists already. It's yeah, not rotary. Uh, this one absolutely eludes me on literally every level. Okay, so you're a you're a fashionable man. Do you do you wear a rotary belt buckle? Belt I, buckle. I, I cannot I, say belt buckle is what I'm learning here. <laughs> and on that basis, we can move on if you like. But I'm going to try to get to the bottom of this. What kind of belt I, do you wear, John? This one is a is a fabric belt. It's got the, the, the that's got a hinged part with the teeth. Yes. That, um, when it clasps shut. Yeah. Um, I've got one of those, and I, I'm just I'm struggling even with the basic concept of like how how would you make a belt buckle rotary in nature in the first place? And I, well, I have could, not the slightest so, so I, fucking I could, clue. I could definitely I can envisage a sort of rotary clasp that that sort of makes some sense. Uh, I think there's uh-huh. possibly also the kinds of belts where you'd rotate it to tighten it, where it's sort of a huh. the, the tightening is not on uh, buckles, but is a uh, is is more like the the skater belts where you you have total granularity. Indeed. Um, so you you could you could have a mechanism that you rotate it to sort of tighten it to your preferred oh tension. But yeah. but okay. um, are the setting? Oh, is this is this like bizarre example? Is this like my standing desk where <laughs> it has a number of presets where you can save. So maybe maybe your standard waist size is 32 inches and you, you set it and then you save it and so now you can just press a button to have it contract 32 inches as your default when you, put your, when you put your trousers on. But then you could also save an additional setting which is, I'm going to barbecue camp. So <laughs> I need to... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need an extra inch and a half. And so I have a sort of large meal setting where you can sort of press it and it will... Because uh, I'm assuming it's motorized, I guess is 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 the thing. So you just press a button and it will expand to 
you know, 33 and a half inches for when you're having a very good meal. Mm-hmm. I, you know, in the absence of any, absolutely any knowledge, I'm going to have to go with, yeah. Let's let's call it that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, I see, I, I, will, I will say, there is a subset of Instagram advertising that is purely belt buckle belt buckles so if you could if you could get one of these made it's it's definitely saleable incredible okay oh i think we are at the final item let's do it right it's another robbery <laughs> clearly you somewhere somewhere along the line your drift toward crime must have taken over this this uh, pitch for a story is a VC pitch meeting robbery. <gasps> okay. This is... I, I actually want to structure this as a reality show where um, the first couple episodes, you are, you're, the camera crew is following a small group of people who appear to be a, a very early stage startup who are looking to get a meeting with some, you know, with some VC firm on Sand Hill Road and they're honing their pitch deck and they're, you know, they're, they're getting... Uh, all of their spreadsheets and all their crap in place, right? And then you come to the episode where they actually are in the boardroom with the VCs, at which point every member of this of this supposed startup pulls a pistol. They lock the door <laughs> to the boardroom, and they say, okay, you guys all control how much money? Great. I would like you to transfer that into this Swiss bank account, please, or we will start killing people. Do you think the VCs that you've locked in the room would care about the human lives of the other hostages? No. Uh, it, well, if it's their fellow VC firm members. <laughs> nah, even then. I mean, if it's Peter Thiel, he's just going to be like, sure. okay, but okay, but don't spill too much of their blood. Start with the younger ones so I can bathe in their blood. <laughs> yes. Yes, true. <laughs> that that I, I do I did that is something that would need to be taken into account. But yeah, but that that's the basic idea. Interesting. So so it's a, so it's a primarily uh, money based theft. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, just you know, I mean, especially if you could get a meeting with um with the guy from SoftBank, who I mean, like I I think he literally controls like a billion dollars, like. Get get him in the room and then hold a gun to his head. Like wh- what? Why has this not happened already? I, I mean, I assume in the in the average life of a rich person, mm-hmm. death threats and the management thereof hmm. is. I assume that's a that's I assume that's a sort of a bit of a kind of cookie cutter service. Indeed, provided by. Well, sure, but that, that's for, you know, people probably emailing you some bullshit, right? Or, like, leaving threatening voicemails. I'm talking about, I am in the room with you with a forty five pressed to your temple. <laughs> I mean... That, that, that's what I'm how saying. Many, okay, I, how many, I mean, okay, obviously, obviously we don't... I mean, VC, VCs are... A, I mean, they're a funny bunch, let's be real. Because, um, obviously, you've got some of them who are, you know, they're, 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 quite, they're quite fitness obsessed. They're quite buff. Are you, are you are you going to pick a subset of VCs who are you know the more sort of stereotypical weeds just to make sure they don't overpower you? I suppose I think that that in in this case my my heist team would would aim for probably a firm that that, that occupied that Venn diagram of controls a lot of money and are not likely to be um, you know ultimate pit fighters. <laughs> 
ultimate pit fighter investor investments then <laughs> or you know yes. going going to the wwe with a, yes. with a business proposition probably exactly. uh probably not although actually that might work because they're just pretending they are still they are still athletes they which, that's true they are still a, i mean they are yeah. still they are still extremely large yes it's um, a concern it's um which you know, if anything probably makes the pretending even harder <laughs> exactly. This, this muscle exactly. mass to move around. So, uh, do do you have to, to to be driven to this uh, to this level of uh, you know relative, relatively straightforward extortion? Is there a what what's what's your number? What's what's how much how much money are you walking out of there with uh, to make it all worthwhile? I mean, that depends on how big the crew is, right? But I would assume. I mean, you've you've seen some of the um, the funding rounds that co- that companies walk away with is ridiculous. Like, I would aim for no less than a hundred million because that way, if it's a five person crew, each of us gets walks away with twenty, and mm-hmm. I feel like that's enough to set you up for life. I certainly feel that way. That's one of those. That's one of those things where I'm worried that the, the sort of mathematical reality is like that. Maybe twenty million dollars isn't as much as it should be anymore. You know that would that would maybe that's what the rest of the season of the show focuses on. Oh, interesting. <laughs> the the it's. I mean that angle of it. I, I mean reality show definitely. I like the idea of reality show. I mean it's sort of like it's definitely this is this is basically like the venture capital version of Love Island actually or you know the bachelor or whatever except you know instead of handing out roses yeah there's just a fucking revolver. Um <laughs> it does it kind of works but I do like I like the idea almost narratively of the plot twist of this being like all the trailers make you think that it's going to be a suspense drama review shaking down venture capitalists and who's going to crack first and you know what you know is what happens if peter teal drinks too much blood um you know does he does he does he go a bit loopy does he start hallucinating but you know the 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 trailer would would pitch you on this idea of uh of just real you know a real sort of intense uh claustrophobic sort of single you know single camera single set thriller but then when you get into the movie that all happens in the first 20 minutes and the real movie is all about it's 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 all about trying to figure it's the discovery that you think you've gotten rich and that actually the appalling nature of modern capitalism is that you're you're not quite self-sufficient god it's like you're you're rich but not quite rich enough hideous and i i I actually, I don't actually. I'm not entirely sure even how I'd react to that as a film, because there's I, sort of a tragedy in there, but not one that you can feel terribly sympathetic toward, because the person does still have twenty million dollars. <laughs> but it's kind of like you're you're sort of ostensibly you're rich, but you basically still have to do your old job because it's like not quite enough to pay off the mortgage. Oh my god. <laughs> So you've got student loans. I mean, like you, you could turn it into a whole thing. I, I feel like this is a, it's an idea worth exploring in the in the screenwriting sense, and not in the actual let's go um, rob Andreessen Horowitz sense. Yeah. To be clear, we're not going to rob anyone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> is that a disclaimer you have to put on the podcast often? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, in, in this case, I think we just want to Do, be Does there just need to be one of those standard things of Idea Factory giveaway as a work of fiction? <laughs> and any resemblance to um, heists and or strange bloodlettings uh, that you may read about in the news in the following weeks is purely coincidental. I couldn't have put it any better. Wonderful. Do, do, do. do. And 
now it's time for one of us to give a terrible recommendation or showcase an idea from a guest. In this case, Besha, you had an idea yeah. while we were talking. Yeah, I did. I would love to hear it. Well, I did, and then I researched it and found someone has already done it, but they haven't done it well. Um, <laughs> my, I, and I, have you have you both seen the the Twitter uh, just says in mice? Yes. So no. Ben, for Ben and anyone listening who doesn't know, it is a Twitter account that retweets pop science stories about research studies that have titles like, you know, scientists say dark chocolate for breakfast helps you lose weight. And if this was research done on mice, it retweets the story and just says, in mice, in all caps. <laughs> or if it is in Espanol, they say, en ratones. <laughs> they, whoever it is appears to be bilingual. And I was thinking about something that gives you spoilers for clickbait. You can see where the the meme explainer kind ah, of led to this, yes. which is like the and, and I've seen somebody tweet this casually, but like the you know doctors urge you to cut this one vegetable out of your diet, corn. That's <laughs> yeah, it. retweet retweet the ad and as few words as possible to explain what it is. Ah, so yes, and and you've presumably discovered the existence of saved you a click. Oh, shit, I forgot that was a thing, and I knew it. Oh. <laughs> you know. But it is a good idea, and it's a valuable idea. Yeah. Um, especially in a medium like Twitter, because, you know, there's there's a lot of froth there. Yep. And you don't necessarily want to cut it all out, because then you don't know what's going on. Right. But you definitely do want the shortcut to understanding whether something's really worth your time or not. Yep. Absolutely. It is now time for us to let everybody know where we can be found on the internet, curiously enough. Uh, for me, this is super easy, thanks to my friend Jen, who is Jennifer Marie on Twitter. You can find links to my Twitter, Instagram, highly entertaining newsletter, and probably the next instant band night, all in one place, at flavor.country. Go there now. You can find me on Twitter as Besha, B-E-S-H-A. Um, and you can find me on uh, Twitter and most of the other social media things as Ben Ward, which is just my name, but in lowercase and condensed together. I'm also at benward.uk, which is my slightly decrepit and aged website, but links to most things. And I would not get to the end of the show without um, plugging my main project at the moment, which is bff.fm, an incredible, wonderful, friendly sparkly eclectic community radio station broadcasting live from the center of the mission district here in san francisco i do a show broadcast all the time you should listen to it anytime but you should especially listen to it at 8 p.m on a tuesday evening which is when my show no magic goes out uh, and if you go to the website bff.fm you can go back a few weeks and find the show i did with john just to give you a sort of bridge into this alternative thing <laughs> <laughs> and it was very, very good. Thank you. I have a lot of fun doing it. Same. If you haven't yet, go ahead and subscribe to this show by searching for Idea Factory Giveaway in your podcast app of choice and let John know if it doesn't pop up. If you're already there, go ahead and leave a five-star rating and or a nice review. It would help us out a lot. If you've already done that, why not tell a friend about us? Why not tell five friends? Why not have those five friends tell another five? It's a pyramid scheme. It's a podcasting pyramid scheme. <laughs> Thank you for listening. And remember, if you've heard an idea you like, go ahead and do it. I just want credit. And I want to cut. Do-do. Do-do.